Yo, I uh, sponsoring the show today. I, I'm stuttering because I'm finding it hard to move into this. Talk about these sponsors. They're from. I, I'm from Crinant originally. They are from like a rival, rival, same valley village. The further into the valleys you go, right, for the deep into the valleys away from the coastline you go, the more the more backwards the people become. And this is the next village up the valley. So you would assume they'd be quite quite backwards, but they, they're not. <laughs> they're not. But I'm still reluctant to talk about them. From a little place, the founders from a little place called Seven Sisters. Well, yes, yeah, lives in Seven Sisters. Neath boys, basically. They're all of them are together. So I, I, I will do them this good service. They're sponsoring a the show. They are, I'm only joking. They are awesome an awesome company um with uh, links to the mod um they're called anted outdoor a-n-t-u-r outdoor.com is a website anted outdoor they work hard and they play harder to provide you the customer with safe fun adventures for all a family all backgrounds and all abilities they specialize in combined rock and water activities namely co-steering around the especially beautiful gower peninsula oh i love gower oh gower is awesome mumbles and canyoning not just co-steering but a canyon as well in equally earth shatteringly picturesque waterfall country within the brecon beacons national park everyone knows about brecon also superb so you've got access to some amazing places for their training they provide rock climbing, abseiling and hill walking in stunning coastal locations and awe-inspiring mountainous regions further inland. They can cater for any group size and are provided activities and adventures for school groups, youth groups, stag and hen groups and even corporate team bonding groups. So they, they can sort anyone out with your needs. As well as families and individuals holidaying or visiting the area of truly outstanding natural beauty. Even Seven Sisters who I did not talk about favourably at the start as a little plug, has its areas of natural beauty. You can find them on social media, um, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. They are very lucky because of the spelling of their name. They've got their own specific... They've got no numbers and names on, on anything. So on Facebook, it's Anted Outdoor. Facebook Facebook.com forward slash Anted Outdoor. A-N-T-U-R Outdoor.com. On Twitter, funny enough, it's Twitter.com forward slash Anted Outdoor. On Instagram... Yes, you guessed it. I'm not even going to repeat it. Their website is antidoutdoor.com. Find them on there. They've got all the information on you. Can. They've got a nice little contact page. What I like about the website as well is uh, it's full of videos. You can see the videos of all the stuff they do. No flipping paragraphs of absolute waffle. Get on the website or on the social media, hit a video, see what they can do, book in with them. Awesome company. Really good people and uh, with strong uh, strong military connections and um, supporting uh, Simon's podcast today. On to the show. Simon Piles is a former chief petty officer in the Royal Navy and now is a fundraiser. Obviously, he's got his own job, but in, in his spare time, he's a fundraiser for Care After Combat, which is a, a um, charity founded by none other than Jim Davidson and Simon Weston. Hope you enjoy the show. H plus fourteen. I was gonna say Simon Weston then. It's not, it's Simon Piles. You're live. Happy day. Simon Piles, pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you too, Hugh. Thank you for travelling up, buddy. No worries. Um I didn't well obviously we got a got straight into it. I got in touch with you from 
was after speaking to Gavin Truak yeah. about Care After Combat, wasn't it? That's Which is bit, yeah. an organisation I didn't I didn't know about. And then I came to get in touch with you. Yeah. Um, and then discovered that you live flipping neck a matter of a small amount of miles from where I grew up and where I, where I go back and my parents to live there now. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So apart from that, I don't you know, I don't know much about the organisation, I don't know much about yourself. Yeah. If you don't mind, in fact, what, the, what am I talking about? You brought beers. Yeah. We're starting off wrong way here. Let's get the important stuff out of the way first. Let's get what, have the way then. <laughs> <laughs> what, have, what have you brought? Well, I've got, uh, obviously, because it's a Welsh podcast. Yeah. Boys are on you. So know what it is now, yeah. Yeah, I've got a bit of Welsh pride, which is, uh, that's a Conway beer, so it's from North Wales. I don't know much about it, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah. Got a right name. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, mate. Cheers, you. buddy. Welsh Pride. What's the brew? What's the brewery? Uh, uh, Bragdy Conway Brag- Brewery. Conway. Oh, Bragdy's Brewery in Welsh, isn't it? Conway Brewery. Yeah, I'm assuming Bragdy's Conway in Welsh. <laughs> I don't know. Copper coloured bitter, just like my hair. Go Cheers, ahead. buddy. Cheers, mate. Absolute pleasure. Mm. So, Royal Navy. Yeah, Royal Navy. Royal Navy. Yeah. Give me a background, buddy. When did you join up? So, I joined the Navy in 1994. Yeah. Uh, way back. Years ago, you know, 23, 24 years ago yeah. now. Uh, joined up as like a, as a little warfare operator. Yeah. The old guys are sitting in the ops room with these kind of little headsets on, you know, and I kind of uh, joined up with that. Always wanted to join the Navy. Ops on the boat? Yeah. Ship. Yeah. Ship. Ship, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> there'll be a couple of things across that now, <laughs> won't it? Army, Navy. Yeah, ship. Yeah, boats or submarines, they go under the water. Yeah, right. Yeah, so kind of, you know, it was one of the lifetime kind of things. I always wanted to join the Navy mm. from like an early age, just influence from a dad's uh, mate yeah. who was always kind of coming home, talking of stories at sea. Yeah. And like, I remember like from the age of five, just like, that's it. That's yeah. all I want to do. I am listening. I'm on silent. Ah, sorry. All, all I want to do is join the Navy. So, you know, joined up in 94 after kind of a couple of years of trying to get in. In mm. the early nineties, went to college, Neath College. Oh yeah, I went did there, all my yeah. engineering kind of there. Was it not uh, technical college? Then? Was oh, the yeah, tech, Neath, the Neath tech, tech, because it was no yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, done the Duraveil, and that's your old school, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, the enemy. As uh, the where did you go? I was Cam Sison. Oh, the top of the list. Oh yeah, I remember those rugby matches. Best rugby school in Neath. We <laughs> <laughs> were, and you were not. Right, in my year. Oh, in your year, right? Couple yeah, years. Not, not, in, not, in, not in my day. <laughs> No, yeah, because good matches against Kevin Sison, yeah, good matches. Mm. Go on, sorry, I interrupted. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, so, you know, joined the Navy in 94, you know, as a, a young warfare operator, all I wanted to do was get to sea, finish my training, and it was like, right, here's a list of ships, and I was like, oh, it was Invincible, uh, Nottingham, and a couple of other ships, and I was like, right, Invincible, let's start off at the top, let's get a big carrier, yeah, so I went straight on that. and then You li- could choose? Well, it was only five of us in the, in the class, because obviously oh. early 90s, very... Kind of, you know, 24 of us went through basic training. Right. And then all different kind of branches and trades. And then when we went off and did our warfare training, there was only six of us come the end of the course, six from about 10. So, um, yeah, so we kind of, we had a choice to kind of pick a few ships. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the boys in the class, we all got together and kind of just, you know, it was very democratic, really. We just picked the ship and I wanted one that was going away straight away. Yeah, you know, because that's what I joined to do—to go away, go to sea. So Invincible was there, and she was going out to uh, kind of the Adriatic, former Yugoslavia, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, right, that's the one for me. Can you, um, you just bypassed all of your Royal Navy training, 
Yeah. I've not got a clue how it works. I've not got a clue. I don't know. I, I don't know. I yeah. only have ever experienced the army. I've stayed well clear of the RAF, and now I'm having to be immersed in the Navy, yeah. which I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Explain it to me. Explain why Navy training. So you went. So for us, yeah, army. You you know you go and do a selection, uh, like a, a pre a pre recruitment selection. See if you even can be even eligible to go and do the, rec- the recruit yeah. training, and then you do that, and then you go on to do a basic. Yeah. Uh, which is everyone does the same basic training in the army or like infantry orientated. Mm-hmm. And then you, you go into your phase two, yeah. which is orientated around whatever arm you're going into. Engineers yeah. going to engineer training, riflemen going to do infantry training. Explain the Navy side of things to me. So it's exactly the same as what you did. So went to Swansea Careers Office, you probably went the same one. Yeah. Yeah, down there you do all your recruit test, uh, your maths, your English, mechanical apprehension. And then from that score, where they decide what branch you're going to go to. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then... We went to HS Rally down in uh, Plymouth, mm-hmm. and that's where we did our eight weeks basic training. So HMS Rally is H- that's, a pl- that's a base, isn't it? Yeah, that's a base, yeah. yeah. So it's still HMS, but yeah, it's a shore establishment, training establishment down in Rally, uh, sorry, down in Devon over in Tor Point. And we did eight weeks. Now I think it's 10 weeks. It's kind of increased the basic. basic training. Yeah. And that is like, you know, learn to walk, talk. You know, be your mat law, wear the uniform, yeah, and kind of do all your kind of all your physical training gets done there. Yeah, your basic kind of weapon handling because mm-hmm. everybody does the same kind of package no matter what branch. Just mm-hmm. like you guys, you do basic soldiering, mm-hmm. you do basic sailor, right? Um, you pass out from there, and then depending on what kind of branch you were. So I was a a, a sailor, a dabber, as we called them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went and did a two week kind of seamanship package, whereas the the chefs and stewards would go off straight into their phase. Uh, two training we were doing i did two weeks seamanship and then i went to portsmouth to do my kind of my trade training effectively my phase two so you dab a sailor training yeah yeah so, so give me the different arms you can go into and then you got because because to me sailor i mean yeah on, to you guys arms, sailors you know. everybody that goes on a ship is a sailor so in the navy we had um <clears throat> back then was warfare branch uh, then you had the uh, marine engineering and kind of weapon engineering branches. Mm-hmm. So the marine engineers, the stokers, they did all the kind of uh, the engines yeah. of the ships. The, the stokers after the stokers, stokers. Yeah, 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 okay. you know? yeah, exactly after that, yeah. yeah. But they do all the kind of, you know, the ship plants and the kind of, um, all the kind of the dirty jobs. And yeah. they, we, we call them the bin men sometimes because they, <laughs> you know, they do the rubbish jobs. Yeah. Um, you've got the, the kind of the chefs and stewards, the logistics branch, which you guys have got. In the army, they do all the kind of uh, the chef in the stores accountant, um, and the kind of the, the stewarding, the kind of like front of house hotel services mm-hmm. for all the officers on board the ship. And then you got the uh, um, the air engineers or mm-hmm. wafus as we we tend to call them. Wafus, what's that stand for? Um, it's, it goes back to the day of the clothing. It used to be wafu clothing. It was like weapons and fuel use only. So uh. the guys in the flight deck and all their clothing was identified that right, but. Matlows being Matlows, that quickly turned around to Wafu to being, I can't swear, can I? Yeah, of course you can swear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wet and fucking useless is what Wafus <laughs> were known as because these were the prissy boys that kind of sat, you know, on the flight deck sunbathing. Yeah. They don't really class themselves as the Navy, they class themselves as the fleet air arm, you yeah. know, another kind of section yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Navy type thing. But they, the boys, are always upsetting themselves on the upper deck. Yeah. Never doing a lot, you know, probably get loads of stick for this. But That's where the Marines get it from, I expect. Oh, it? yeah, well, the Marines. <laughs> They come on board the ship and all they do is fizz four times a day 
I, kind of eat four I, times, six times a day. I, I'm joking. I, for all the commandos, I'm joking. He can say it. He's in Navy. I am joking. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, I like the Marines ah. as well, but they come on board. They eat, sleep, and train, and repeat. Literally that. <laughs> you know, if we if we're, if we're not doing any kind of boardings, that's what the boys do. But you know, getting ready for war. They love it. You know, you need to be tanned for war. Oh, you've got to be tanned. Always exactly. Be tanned, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, as Matlow's, you know. We'll train some of the time. There are like proper full on fit E boys, like, but it's funny when you get the Royal Marines on board, you get all the young lads who are all like, Well, oh, the Royal Marines are like, we'll try and compete with them. And they're all, oh, you only did 50 press ups, and you're like, Well, it doesn't matter, but you know, chuck him on the ground, chuck you on the ground, who's going to win? You know, <laughs> Royal Marines are going to go off and leave Jack behind, like, yeah. you know, you always get the young lads who try to kind of, uh, see anything in it. Yeah, you know. Where does Matlow come from? Where does that term come from? I think Matlow's come from, I think it's a French term. It's a French term for a, a sailor. Huh. Um, make lots, and then it's kind of we turn into matlows. Ah. You know, I've probably been told it a thousand times, but it's kind of um, yeah, we know it as matlows, or you know, we call ourselves Jack. You know, after Jack Tar, the Jolly Jack Tar. Yeah. So you know, yeah. So sailors are either matlows or do Jack. You, do you have egg banjos? Do you know egg banjos are? Egg banjo, yeah, just egg bap, innit? Do you know why it's called an egg banjo? Not a clue. Oh, I'm going to enlighten you here. Very few people know this. Yeah, I we talked. This came up in conversation the other day, actually. Where is it? What, why is it called egg banjo? Yeah, where did banjo come from? Oh, I'll show you. By demonstration. I'm gonna, for people watching, they'll, they'll be able to see it. But for people listening, I'll show you a demonstration. You, an egg banjo is an egg sandwich, yeah? Yeah. So you fry your egg nice and runny. You, get, you put it in your sandwich. <clears throat> you take your egg, with your, you take the sandwich to your mouth, you bite into the sandwich. The fucking egg goes everywhere. always goes everywhere. All down your shirt. So your left hand, what you, what you always do is you take your left hand away. To, so your right hand releases from the sandwich. You take your, your left hand with the sandwich out the way, extended to the left. Your right hand, you go down <laughs> your shirt and you brush your shirt. So you you got your left hand out on the sandwich as if it's on the top of the guitar on the strings. Yeah. And your right hand's brushing strings. <laughs> and your right hand's brushing your shirt as if you're strumming. Egg banjo. banjo. <laughs> Where did you get that from? I don't know. Someone told me years ago. Probably made it up, but I'm going to make a stick. Someone told me. Ooh, someone told me years ago. Not many people know about it apart from half the world that I've told egg banjo egg there banjo. you go ah, we right. have cheesy hammy eggies next one uh, cheesy what cheesy hammy eggy cheese ham and egg sandwich but uh, just the just the one slice of toast bit of ch- ham bit of cheese and an egg on top che- that's like a staple matlow kind of if he comes in <laughs> on a, a lunch time into the galley has a cheesy you know there's a cheesy hammy eggy on there they just get cleaned out matlow's love cheesy love cheesy hammy egg. eggies quite an original name well, the French is croque monsieur or something like that, but we just call it cheesy yummy eggy. Maybe chefs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go then. Why if, if, if HMS Rally, if it's not a ship, yeah. why is it called HMS? Because it's just H- Her Majesty's Shore Establishment. What's, but aren't ships called HMS something? Yeah, Her, Her Majesty's Ship. Oh, it's a pain yeah, in the yeah, arse, yeah. that is. Anyway, right, yeah. go on, next one. Yeah, so, yeah, so next we, stage. So we did the did basic training. Went to uh, Portsmouth, HMS Dryer and Collingwood. Because back then I joined up as what they called an operator maintainer. So the idea behind that was they amalgamated kind of three branches, engineers, seamen, and what else was it? And like kind of seamen specialists. Mm. So yes, operations, engineering, and a seamen specialist. Molded them into one person and tried to get, you know, one person do three jobs. The principle behind it was good. You know, we got loads of flack because we were just bouncing about different kind of jobs. You were never kind of being able to kind of specialise in one area. You were expected to know three. I think that lasted. Well, I left the branch. So I joined up in 94. I left the branch in 2001. Went to, uh, transferred to engineering. 
because that's all I wanted to do was be an engineer, hence the neat tech college. I think the the branch then kind of it went back to the the old scheme of we had engineers, operators and semen specialists about two thousand and five when it kind of it was somebody's bright idea back in the early nineties and then ten ten years kind of 12 years later it kind of fizzled out and we kind of went back to the, the structure mm. that they had prior to I joined up so when I joined up I, there was elements of it left but you know we were seen as like you know the little kind of black sheep you know, oh he's an OM he can't do nothing don't be trusted that kind of stuff mm. but you know some people you know got on with it and myself I got on with it and kind of but I transferred into kind of en- you know to engineering or went Tiffy back in 2001 Tiffy Artificer ah yeah so like the the remake of Artificer yeah yeah, but yeah. our artificers are weapons, marine, and air engineers as well. Right, yeah. So yeah, so I went and went to Collingwood and kind of um, transferred to that after one, two, yeah, after three sea drafts. Well, what's the first rank when you when you leave Tyrian Seaman? Uh, able Seaman, as it is now, yeah, you have Able Seaman second class, and then Able Seaman first class. Is second class in training? Pretty much, yeah. Well, yeah. once once you come out of training. Uh, you've, and you've done your, your trade training, so your phase two, you'll then become like a, an AB second class. You've got to see, do your kind of um, task books and kind of on-job training. Depending on what branch, you do kind of maybe do a, a small kind of a, a qualifying exam, mm. oral exam, and then you'll get like your, your first class. You get to wear a star then on, on the top of your branch trade badge okay. on your shirt there. So, yeah, so yeah, AB, AB1, AB2, oh, sorry, AB2, AB1. Then you've got leading hand. Um, petty officer, chief petty officer, and then warrant officer. So oh, kind of a, a you, le- you left as a chief petty. So officer. I left as a chief petty officer. Yeah, which you were saying is about a colour man or staff, colour sergeant, staff, staff yeah, sergeant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it depends on kind of what regiment. Some get a bit funny. Oh, a chief. Yeah, you're not the different same. names, different things. It's, it's, like, it's like corporals and lean hands. Like some regiments don't. Well, years ago, he never used to. You know, the 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 corporal was always God. You know, and a lean hand would try and say. You know, some people say it's equivalent then. Like some regiments would kind of say, no, no, it's not equivalent. It's not equivalent. You, you're just like a like a, a lance jack type thing. Mm. But you know, it, it, I think that comes more and more kind of into service, kind of banter and a bit of you know, yeah. bit of ribbon like. But yeah, yeah. So I left as a chief petty officer. Yeah, left last year. Did my kind of. Oh, just last, just yeah, last year. La- left. Last April I left. Yeah, so I did twenty two and a half years. Fucking hell, yeah. Realize. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. So do you guys have like vang options and stuff like that? Do you have that? Oh uh, yeah. So I before I left, about two years before I left, I got. Offered an extension, nine years till took me till I was fifty. Yeah, which I, I took the extension because you know, you know I didn't want to leave the navy. It was kind of you know job I wasn't going to do, but it was just due to kind of or I would draft in or postings as you guys would say. He was going back to the same ship, you know, doing the same kind of equipment. So you know, there was no kind of variation, and I wanted to try something a bit different. And I thought, well, if I leave now, you know, just over done my twenty-two, so pension was safe, got my gratuity. Do I stay? Till I'm 50, or do I leave now and then kind of start a second career while I'm, you know, mm. young enough at 41 as I was when I left? So I just well, yeah, I'll do that. You know, the the options there for me to kind of change kind of ship or change equipment were limited because we were so short manned of engineers, so we were kind of pigeonholed in the equipments that we were kind of trained in. So we, yeah. they like to keep us there. Because it's not it's not a training burden and cost, you know. You know what it's like now with manpower and everything else. Mm. They kind of you know we just keep us in in one place really. Do um do the different ships? Do they do they more or less stay in sort of the same circuit? They sort of always going to go to the same place, the same tasks. It's getting that way now. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it, it wasn't. Well, when we had more ships, it was a different variation. You know, 
when I joined up, we had ships like doing what was the Armilla Patrol and the Gulf Patrol, mm. maybe two or three out there. We had one out to the West Indies. Mm. So we had two or three, two ships out in uh, Gulf of Aden, North Arabian Gulf, always out there. Uh, this is when you joined up? Yeah. yeah. So one ship was always doing kind of um, what we call Stan of Forland, which was kind of North Atlantic across to America and as far as kind of, you know, Portugal, that kind of, and up around uh, the Iceland Faroe Gaps type thing. And then we had a ship in the Med, ship out in the Caribbean, a ship down in the Falkland Islands. But obviously, as the Navy shrunk, you know, we haven't got the ships to go down. We still try to keep the commitments and try to keep it. But that's what was, you know, ships are constantly away and stuff like that. So just thinking, it's a different beast for the Navy in terms of yeah. how you move about. Because I was, I was, my next question was going to be, um, how yeah, that one you say North uh, the Fort Fort Atlantic Standard Fort Atlantic Standard Fort Atlantic yeah, so Standard Fort North Atlantic right got you so that I was thinking well, how do they how do they decide where that ship goes but it would all depend on what's going on and where what yeah. the threat is and what the crisis yeah, is going and, on yeah. whereas with and so we just yeah that has to be the case yeah. because the flipping things move so slowly relatively yeah. speaking yeah, yeah. whereas you know with the with the army and the air force you can just plonk yourself down somewhere sit there and you can be anywhere within yeah. a couple of hours rel- you know within reason ah interesting yeah. and it wasn't just like one ship would be a task force so you'd have like all nations because it was all it was a NATO task force basically ah. so you'd have the Germans you'd have the Americans the Brits on the Land. on the Land, yeah because yeah, it, it was a NATO task force what was that stand for Stanford standard how was it? Standard Standing Force North Atlantic. Standing Force North Atlantic. Ah, so it was like right. a task force. Maybe, you know, anything up to a dozen ships, I believe. You know, it, and that's kind of got smaller and that commit, that kind of requirement is went away. But obviously, as we know now, with you just got to look in the news now with the, the Russians are always coming down, you know, our channel going on the, the Faro Gaps and stuff like that. So, you know. How are they getting away with that? I don't well, understand. It's is international it not, waters. They, is, they, can, they can pass through. Is, no, it, is it not a point where there's no international waters are too narrow? Well, channel the, anywhere? Um, I'm not sure. I would I would apply with the channel because international waters is is 12 miles. Tw- so off the so 12 miles. 12 miles is, our, is our is our kind of anything inside 12 miles is territorial. That's for the UK. That's for the UK for any country. Right. Any country of the coastline. What law dictates that? Oh, that's maritime law. That's kind of right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So but coming through the channel, it's not how wide is the channel? It's only about 14 miles. Yeah. So it's it, not wide, is it? I might have made that up, but it's no, narrow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's kind of, you know, it's classes in that water, so, you know, they have the right of passage. But obviously, they always like to try and test stuff, and they always come a bit closer, you know. And for years, we've always put a ship out to kind of shadow them, follow them through, just, you know, they're looking at us, we're looking at them. It's kind of, you know, it's always happening. Yeah. You know, it's like probably, you know, the, the guys you get in Afghanistan are always out looking at you. Yeah. You know, he's just walking past, but they're obviously doing a bit of spotting yeah. as well. It's that, it's that kind of cloak and dagger, and that's just on top of the water. You just imagine what it's like being a submariner. I know. Well, really? look, I was, I was going to say, flip the, the, I'd love to, I'd l- things like the Maersk and stuff like that. Mm. The stories I've heard about that. I mean, yeah. oh, where then, there was a, well, they think they know now, don't they? They think it clipped an American sub. Oh, there's loads of theories uh, out there. They, 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 they're pretty sure it did. It's like yeah. The, yeah, I might be wrong. but uh, There's theories of it clipped another ship, kind of had an onboard explosion with a torpedo, you know, hit by one of their own boats. It's, it's it's not a place I'd like to be. I've done two days in a boat I, underwater, and that's that, enough. That that's uh, that's forty seven hours more. Than I, I've done an hour on the t- HMS Talent. Is it Talent or Talent? Talent. Talent. Yeah. talent. I mean, Talent. Fucking hell. Yeah. I mean, the ships are bad enough. <laughs> I know the, sh- the ship. 
<laughs> I didn't say boats. Ships yeah. are bad enough. Uh, we're on air. Talent. You think where they sleep in that? Jesus Christ. Yeah, and uh, I ended up on there because I did a tri services like sailing thing. Oh, right, um, yeah. On a 55 foot there, uh, well, I don't know what it is, but it was like <clears throat> it was three watches, four on each watch. Yeah. And uh, it was like nine, no, like eight, eight power edge lads, and then four sub, uh, four navy. Like there was the equivalent of like a RSM, equivalent yeah. of like a warrant officer. There was a, there was a there was a submariner, mm. and it was someone else. And uh, obviously, we were just a cluster. You know, we were all privates, maybe one lance corporal. Just didn't have a clue what we were doing. Half yeah. a spent. It, it was from it was from. Brest in the south of France, across right. the Bay of Biscay to Spain. Oh, t- the Bay of Biscay? <laughs> it was horrendous. <laughs> I didn't eat for three days. It was hideous. <laughs> and then uh, I was just all in tatters. All yeah. in tatters. It was funny, though. And then, yeah, so we met Submariner there. And he was he was different. Like, he was yeah. just a different demeanour. But he spent three... You know, when, when, you're on, when you're on something that spends three months... Well, even for the, sh- even for the ships, mate. It must yeah. put you in a... Di- uh, you know, when we spend time on operations away yeah. in Afghan, Iraq, flipping neck, wherever, Africa, yeah. you know... Um, it, it puts you in a different mindset. You, you you're on, you're in a very very uh, different way of living in, f- yeah. from a social perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, mentally, internally, completely different. You know, you, you're often with exactly the same people all the time, and um, I'd say even more so for like like yourself and the yeah. ships and submariners. You're doing the same flipping task every day, day yeah. in and out. Yeah. This. The environment doesn't change. I'm just thinking about this. Now it's, it's dawning on me. It's outside you've got the ocean, inside you've got the ship. It never yeah. changes. It's the same scenery. Yeah. At least when we're cutting about, you can go to different parts of like, like the the the, uh, the country we're operating in and see yeah. different villages or towns and that. You haven't got that. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, it's Weird. Not, what do you think? What, there's not many, places, not many places on a ship where you can get a bit of peace <laughs> and quiet. <laughs> not not now. We're not when well, ships are operating. They're just full up to the you know to the brim with personnel everywhere. How much spare time do you get when, you, when, you, when you're out like operating? So, like on my, on my last trip, I did now before I, I left. We did um, kind of, so I did what four and a half months, five months of my of my last twelve was de- kind of deployed, and we did kind of uh, Arabian Gulf down to South Africa. So the, the the high period of operations was when we we're out in the Gulf. You know, that's that's the hotbed area at the minute, mm-hmm. piracy and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the normal kind of tempo um, is like twenty eight days, kind of on patrol. Yeah. Um, it tends to kind of stick to that. Sometimes it might go longer, sometimes it might go shorter, depending on, you know, you might get a defect with a ship or it might be a reason to, to go into a port for, for whatever reason. So, you know, it kind of, you know, you're kind of doing all that kind of time and you're in defence watches, we call it, so six on, six off, or 12 on, 12 off kind of watches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can do that for anything, you know. I think the longest I did it was about, yeah, 45 days. Of so you have two of, watches on the ship then? Yeah in, yeah, in in that kind of running, we'll go up to kind of, you know, two watches, and we'll kind of, you know, um, yeah, 12 on, 12 off is not is the normal kind of the run-of-the-mill stuff. Yeah. And you'll do a couple of days, and then sometimes there might be a stand-on day where kind of maintenance can get done and stuff like that. But, you know, so you do 12 hours on watch, and then off watch is your downtime. So, you know, you can choose to do that, whether you want to get your head down in your rack, read a book, chill out, go to the gym, all that kind of stuff, you know. And But it also you've got meal times in between that and kind of, what about day and night shift? How do they work the 12 and 12? So the 12 and 12, it depends from ship to ship. You know, like my last one, we did kind of one in the afternoon to one in the morning. One in the morning, one in the afternoon. Some ships do seven till seven. It's, it depends on the ship and the CEO and everyone else. Kind and of you could do that for up to 28 days? Yeah, 20 days, yeah. On, so, yeah, a couple of years ago, we did about 45 days at sea doing that. But, yeah. 
So and then you, again, depending on your job, yeah, depending on how much vitamin D you're getting from that lovely sunshine. Oh, you've, you've always got to get yourself up top. Oh, but yeah. the, the reason I'm saying is, is that um, I, I read a study. I read it a few years back, and it was quite a recent study at the time. So it was not that old, and it was all around. Um, well, I saw it because of an article in the paper, mm. um, highlight uh, uh, sort of summarizing the findings of it. And it was all around. A, I think it was a ten-year-long study that scientists had done on the impact of shift work yeah on the body and the findings mate, reasonably it made like the papers not front page like, you know, yeah. scientific findings don't really make the front yeah, pages, unless not. you found aliens on Mars you know what I mean <laughs> and um, but it made the papers because the f- the findings that they'd made and it was like it was a, it was a comprehensive very well done um, uh, scientific um, investigation if you like yeah and uh, the findings were just the, the impact on health was so radical. They realised that Jesus Christ, this is we need to look at this more. Mm. And it was all around. They were saying that. <clears throat> I mean, as an example, and I've, the figures that I'm going to say here are broadly correct, not like spot on. But as an example, if you are on um, night shift for prolonged periods, we're talking weeks. Yeah. So you spend weeks doing a night shift. Um, so you have very very little exposure to the sun. Um, you know, or you meet times at so uh, fucking night shift. I don't know what yeah. night shift is, but prolonged periods for weeks and weeks and weeks. The chances of you developing diabetes go up by something like thirty percent. Thirty percent. That's mental. It's mental, right? All because you're doing night shift. You think, yeah. well, now nah, your body can get used to anything. And there was another one. You increase. You got to increase risk of heart disease. It's like ten or fifteen percent just by doing night shift. And you think, well, now nah, you, your body gets used to it because oh, you have three million square meters. It doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. And when when they were explaining it in layman's terms, it's like look, your 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 body's evolved to the point where it 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 work. It runs on day and night. Hmm. You know. In, when the sun's up and, it, and it's daytime, the body knows it. Yeah. So certain functions in the body at a micro, you know, a, 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 a microscopic level, yeah. they kick in, and they only work when the sun's up. Whether you've been eating three meals a day, night for the last six months and been sleeping through the day, it doesn't matter. Those functions only work when during the day because the sun's up because that's the, that's, the, that's the body clock. Yeah. They cannot change. It's evolution it's in your DNA. So it's like trying to run a car on diesel when it's petrol you know it, it, it'll go for a, a little or, bit yeah you know it's, it's, it's a bad analogy actually going in the fucking stop but you know it, it just runs re- oh trying to run a car on, on on trying to run a diesel car on cherry as opposed to proper diesel yeah it'll run but horrendous Honestly. and the chance of long-term problems is big yeah exactly you know? and that's explained is that you cannot change it um and i have got my own experience with it is that i used to do uh when I was working in uh, in the Middle East doing CP, I used I used to do eight weeks and it was shift work and twelve. I was doing security, but it, the way it was on the site, we was flipping shift work, and for a majority of it is out there yeah. for the site managers. And it was like uh, for two, for the first two weeks you're in country, you do twelve hours on, twelve hours off, night. Yeah, so you do twelve hours a night, twelve hours off, right? Then the middle six weeks, you do day. Oh, no, middle four weeks, you do days. And then the last two weeks, you go on the nights again. Yeah. Logic being, you just come in, you fresh, do the fucking nights. Middle yeah. four weeks. And then you go gone out two weeks, do the fucking nights. When I was on days, right, the 12-hour shifts, they come off. I go off my, I go off my dinner. And it was, the stuff we do is do is rigid at the same time every day. I'd have my dinner. I'd finish my dinner at a certain time. i go to the gym. i do an hour and a half, two hours in the gym doing various things. Then i go in my pit. Then i watch a film in, in the pit. I'd read a book. Then i go to bed. Hmm. i get about... Seven, eight hours kept. That's it. Right? When it's on nights, 
exactly the same routine, exactly the same, because the cookouts catered for the same time of night, exactly the same routine, bear in mind it's night, mm. but I would come off my 12-hour shift, right? So basically sitting there and doing a couple of walks around, checking on the guards and that, but come off a 12-hour shift, I'd have my food, I'd go to bed, I would sleep for at least 11 hours. Yeah. I would be fucked. Yeah. Absolutely fucked. The only difference between those two things was, one thing I was doing in a day, one thing I was doing at night. night. The impact was huge. Yeah. There was a guy there who used to do it. He used to come in and do six weeks, and he was one of the oil workers. And he used to do six weeks on nights every oh, time. Shit. He was like walking death. Yeah, zombie. You could see him like yeah. a zombie, absolute zombie. There's um, there's a, there's a, there's a someone I know who's just died. Right, mm. um, civvy, no military civvy, and um, he, uh. He was doing. He'd been doing night shift entirely for several years at a company, which will not be named. Right? Yeah, he had some mitigating factors medically. Yeah, but when I first saw him at this company, um, I, 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 after a couple of weeks, I realised, fucking hell, fucking yeah, this fucking right. guy yeah. is not well at all. He just, he just, and I, I said, I recommend I'm a health and safety officer. I yeah. said, I, I got concerns about him. I recommend take him off nights a couple of weeks. Yeah. Just that's it. Just a couple of weeks. Time to kind of, yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks. Because he's not operating very well. Fucking guy died fucking guy died a few weeks ago. He died a few weeks ago. This is months ago. I'm yeah. not saying that's the reason why. No. But it all comes together. Yeah. Um, yeah, night shift. I mean, like even that one well, I mean look, you could do a twelve hour shift all days on a ship. Yeah. But if you're inside and your your job's inside and yeah. you go to the gym and then you go to the scarf, yeah. you're never up on deck because you're not a gym queen or you're you're ginger. Yeah. Horrible gopping ginger like myself. And you don't talk about me. You don't got any sun. Yeah. You feel like crap. But half the time you don't realise it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those. One of, I went on the right rant there about the sun. <laughs> yeah. Ginger we kind of, what we used to do on the <laughs> ship, you'd like, you do three weeks, say we did three or four weeks out. Mm. You'd go into a port. You'd have that kind of R&R time. You still mm. have duties and we still have kind of ship commitments to do. But when we sailed again, the watch would flip. So you'd always kind of, you wouldn't be like, you sail and that's it. All you're doing is a night watch for the whole deployment, mm. we would switch it kind of, uh, you know, every three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. And you get some people that would, you know, I think I used to I used to love the one in the morning till one in the afternoon because it was that little bit quieter because normally activity at sea is is a bit quieter between hours of one and, and you know, dark, no, overnight. And then it kind of picks up again. Then as the, When you say activity, what do you mean activity? Are you talking about just on the ship? Activity on the ship, but also activity... Wait. In the sea, is yeah, you know, is as in like um, you know shipping activity or kind of you uh, know the the kind of not so much the pirate activity, but you know ships are always out there. It's always running. But it always seems to be a little bit quieter at night. So you know, majority of us, I myself personally, used to like the one in the morning to one uh, in the afternoon because you can get a little bit a bit of quiet time. You can get your admin done. You're not you know because we used to do kind of uh, an hour or two hours in in the ops room as the system engineer. Mm-hmm. So we'd be in well, we call it the gloom room. And that's where, you know, effectively the battle or the operation is, is run from, hence why it's called what? operations room. Why gloom room? Because it's not not too far from this, you know, kind of very low lighting because uh, you've got all the radar screens, yeah. you've got the comm set, you know, it's fully manned when you're out in the kind of Gulf Street. You're talking maybe, you know, 10 to 15 kind of people mm. in a room, you know, obviously all concentrating on headsets, looking at radar screens, kind of, you know, as the engineers, we would be there on call to dispatch a team if you have a defect with you know a radar set or a comms having a bit of an issue or one of the weapons and stuff like that so you know as the GE engineer we'd kind of you know call on our team that were in a section base elsewhere within the ship who were on watch and they'd go and you know have a look at the defect and try and repair it like facilities managers yeah pretty much yeah yeah 
but not to not to play it down. I'm no, just no, trying to, I'm no, just, no. It, yeah, as a as a civvy analogy for it, yeah, yeah, it is like a facilities manager. Yeah, go on a fucking warship. Yeah, <laughs> with <laughs> lots of electricity and, and lots of water. Yeah, running about. Did you go on to illustrious? Did you? Oh, so I did. I did my first. My first draft was two years on Invincible, which is a what? Which was a, an aircraft carrier. Carrier, yeah. Or, Pardon me, ignorance. Pardon me. No, sorry, no, sorry. no, no, no. So that was like, yeah. So we did that and went out to kind of uh, Yugoslavia. That was my first, huh. first trip away. Well, it was stuff going down then back yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, but obviously we were on a nice big tin can. Mm. You know, we were kind of away from it. Our aircraft, we had the Harrier on board, so they were off doing all the kind of the bombing runs and stuff like that. Mm. So we were kind of, you know, I was in the optimum then, so you could hear stuff on radios and you could hear, you know, you know the aircraft. But you know, we were kind of. I can say you know uh, disengaged from that kind of stuff you know because we were on a on a big ship all still there all still doing the bit but very much that kind of disengaged because we weren't on land but you know there was opportunities where some uh, RM personnel went uh, part of the UN force and stuff like that you know you knew a few people who went and did that you know from the UK so you know and in the Navy sometimes you know we are seem to be a bit disjointed and away from the front line but mm. We have our own kind of front line, always doing our own kind of stuff towards the kind of, you know, the ultimate aim. But yeah, so I did two years in Invincible. It was quite good, you know. First ship, first time away as a young 19-year-old, you know. It was it was amazing. That was, That's what the Navy was for me. I was like, yes. Mm. You know, kind of, I've made it. Right. Mm. It's, you know, where, where can we go from here? Like that type of thing. Yeah, it was good, yeah. So I come back from that, did um, like a bit of a, uh, like a another kind of career course for a couple of weeks. And then um, I went to see then on uh, HMS Liverpool. Did what's what's Liverpool? So Liverpool is a Type Forty Two destroyer, no longer with us. Same as Invincible, right. both been scrapped. Yeah, uh, cut up in the razor blades up in Turkey somewhere. Um, yeah, so I did kind of eleven months on Liverpool Type Forty Two destroyer out in the Caribbean. So that was kind of a bit of a, a nice little highlight. Yeah, you know. But we was out. The main aim out there was uh, counter drug ops. Oh, really? So we had like um, uh, the US Coast Guard. We had a team of them on board. So obviously, you know, Caribbean's a bit of a hotbed for drug running. You know, it's it's no no uh, it's not hidden or nothing, and also therefore kind of disaster relief and kind of hurricane. But our, our one of our main tasks out there was uh, Montserrat, the island, the Caribbean island, yeah, the volcano. So when we got there, just before we got there, she was kind of starting to blow her top a little bit, and I know a lot of our time was spent anchored off Montserrat, providing kind of humanitarian and. Uh, support going ashore and um, as working parties and you know doing a bit of work in the schools rebuilding some of the buildings that have kind of collapsed or just refreshing stuff building kind of you know tent cities for the people who were evacuated from i think it was plymouth or new plymouth was an area where the volcano just come through like so you know yeah it's good to do that kind of stuff as well you know mm. it was yeah been in the caribbean but you know this kind of you know the job that we had was quite rewarding really you know gonna you know gonna show and helping people and kind of you know Helping them get themselves back on their feet. Yeah, the navy definitely has. Um, well, I yeah, my experience definitely has a, a, a much um, much more opportunity. Not opportunity. Yeah, much more opportunity to do that humanitarian side of things. Yeah, don't be wrong. Army and RAF do it, but um, but uh, not to the extent you guys do it. Lucky, really. Apart, yeah. you know, floods and stuff. I remember doing. Uh, you ever heard of op, op Fresco? Oh yeah, the fire one. Yeah, I was on my op, op Fiasco. Op Fiasco. Yeah, and a few mates caught up in that. I was oh on my, my tips God. course. We, I was, so a couple of courses either side of us were kind of picked off. They just come in and you know, they pick kind of random people God and God. stop courses, career courses, and 
You know, yeah. fortunately, I didn't get that. The fireman went on 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 strike. Yeah, two thousand and two. That's it. And yeah. we were gearing up ready to go to Iraq to invade Iraq. And like, yeah, you know, four months time, and for, and so we got pulled off the pre-deployment training, and we flipping sat in uh, shoved in the green goddesses, and oh, we we had, I was sat in Brentwood in a sort of home at flipping Terry. Yeah. Not obviously Terry wasn't around there until then too. I sat in Brentwood in a in a uh, TA TA centre down there. There was a. We did a whole company. There was a couple of platoons of us there. We had a couple of the green, old green goddesses, which wouldn't put out shit. I no. mean, they had literally the hoses they had on them were like garden hoses. <laughs> we had in in three. We after that fiasco, up fiasco, up fresco, up fiasco. <laughs> um, we had uh, in, we had those things parked in camp, and it was a fire on camp in the bedding store, and uh, we had three green goddesses. Right? <coughs> and so you think we'd be squared away? You park your three green goddesses around the thing. Wouldn't put and this building bedding store. Bedding store is tiny. Yeah. it's like a couple of couple of times bigger bigger size and. You know, and, and two whites of containers put together. Yeah. It was a brick building with a lot of fucking mattresses in there. And the three green goddess fire engines Couldn't would put not put it out. <laughs> we, had, we had a couple of them, and we had um, and then we had a proper red fire engine. We had, um, yeah, we had one of those, which was quite cool. And then uh, we, had, we had, like, a cop car. Yeah, fuck me. <laughs> there was a couple of times we went places, and the fire had gone out before we got on the green goddess. <laughs> Turn around, fellas. Just pull itself out. Yeah, my God. Yeah, I had some stories about that. Oh, mate, honest, honestly, yeah, honestly. Yeah, some people are getting like loads of grief as well, weren't they? You know, from some of the fire service at the stations that they were based at, is what I heard. And I haven't. Yeah, I don't know. Some people probably. Getting, getting I, don't grief, know, yeah. I don't think that they should be able to strike. Yeah. I, I don't think. I don't think they should. No. I don't think they should. Yeah. You know, it's it's like uh, hey, I feel for you. Everyone yeah. wants more money, but as a service, yeah. same with the police. Yeah. Police can't strike. Can they? Can the no. police strike? No, they can't strike. I don't think they can. No. Nah, ambulance we service. Can't. Ambulance service can strike, can't they? No, uh, possibly. I don't know. But Depends, the critical, it's, it's union, critical. It's, a union, it's critical. It's, it's a union, critical. Yeah, it's yeah, bollocks. I know. You shouldn't be able to strike. Shouldn't be able to strike. You know, um, they should. But again, they shouldn't be given the reason to strike either. Yes. You know. True. Very so, true. So um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Jamaica, Jamaica, no uh, Montserrat. 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 Yeah, Montserrat. yeah. Yeah. Spent. I think it's about six, six, seven weeks. We were kind of anchored off there. Anchored off for periods of times that we'd have to go back out, make water, or kind of go for... Which make water? What do you mean? Well, the ship, we, we make our own fresh water. We don't just take... We take a load. You know, we'll fill up. We have fresh water tanks, but they have a, a reverse osmosis plant. Yeah. That chain seawater yeah. into fresh water for us to use for washing, cleaning, cooking, eating, all that kind of stuff. So in kind of... You can't make it quick enough to yeah. then use it. That's a but problem. also, if you if you're close in waters, like we were anchored off, literally a quarter of a mile from from the island of Montserrat. Yeah, it's. I think it's not advisable to kind of make water that close. It's kind of because oh, yeah. because of, oh. uh, of everything's kind of it's a Caribbean island. I don't know what's kind of coming into the water, but we always had to go out. It was the same off Sierra Leone. We had yeah. to kind of go out, you know, into ter- into international waters, kind of make water because it's kind of you know, I think it's just. It's not so, I don't want to say dirty, but, you know, it's kind of... Contaminated. Better water up yeah. there, yeah, yeah. People mess, messing shit up, like, yeah. yeah. Um Right, because that interests me, that does reverse osmosis. Yeah. It interests me. So, if you were engineer on a ship, do you know much about the plant? How long would it, so how, how, how long would it take to produce, I don't know, a thousand litres? Yeah, I don't know, because I'm not a stoker. The stokers are the ones for that. Um, ah, oh, one, really? Yeah, they make the water. So, I was a weapon oh. engineer, so... Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay, so I right. used to look after weapons. Oh, sorry. But yeah, the the stokers, the ones that did all the, they looked after the um, the RO plants as we call uh, them. Because 
I've <clears throat> one of the things I've interested not interested and become interested I've been watching if watching and listening to a few things so there was a, there was um one of them was a it was the 20th don't, don't ask me what I came across it right I'm not some flipping sex pest it was the 25th um I don't mean that literally for people listening um it was the 25th Asimov something debate right and it's run by a guy called um Neil Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Neil Tyson deGrasse. He's like, he's a scientist. He's like very, he's very, very cool personality. Yeah. He's very palatable. You know what I mean? He's, he's a dude, and um, but a very, very knowledgeable scientist. Yeah. Philo- not philosopher, um, astronomer, I think. As yeah. Well. And he chaired this thing. And it's not. It's less of a debate, but he gets interesting people on. Each one has a different subject. And the subject. This was 2014. It was, I think it was. And the subject was. Um, it's something like water. We're running out of water. Earth's running yeah. out of water or whatever. Which is, you hear that, don't you? We're running yeah. out of water. All this shit. I say all this shit. I'm going to explain it now. And he had on the panel, he had, I think it was the Deputy Administrator of NASA, or the former, or the or the, the Interplanetary Something Director of NASA, which is a, a, a lady. You had another lady on it as someone else to do with, to do with um, something environmental with the Earth, with, 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 with planet Earth, with us. Yeah. He had um, the former head of the Department of Defense, which is a general, right? American Department of Defense. And you know, there's 60 people. And it, in, it was fascinating. The general was saying, like, basically, he, said, he was saying uh, the next big war, yeah. as part of this discussion, he's saying that the next, the next big war, world war, is going to be over water. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what it is. Um, he was saying there's, in Africa, there's several wars going on but it's so small with small countries you don't, we don't even you don't hear the yeah, media because they're always warring anyway but a lot of it's around water potable water they're warring at each other um, in the USA there's something like 48 states of however many there are because mm. more than 50 isn't there yeah. there's 48 states there or thereabouts where they're involved in litigation or lawsuits against each, each other, other. Because of water, because a state upstate up the river yeah. from one from a state down the river is taking more in irrigation water, like the river, which is affecting the water supply down the bottom and in the state below, it's affecting all kinds <laughs> of things. And they were saying there's literally a water shortage. Why they're looking for? They're not just looking for water on Mars for signs of life. They're looking for water on Mars. We need fucking water. Yeah. We need water. They're going to asteroids that we need water because, as an example. Um, you get a half a litre bottle of water, Evian or whatever. Yeah. Half a litre bottle of water, right? So it comes in a plastic bottle. Okay? To make that plastic bottle of water, it takes a litre and a half of water to make you 500 yeah, ml, that, yeah. right? Yeah? That's fine. You think we've got to see, we've got reverse osmosis, right? It takes, to drink that half a litre bottle of water, minutes, yeah. say minutes, to, to reverse osmosis, the same amount of water, so you go, oh, we'll just make it out of the sea. It takes two weeks. So you drink a half litre in for a few minutes. Yeah. It takes two weeks to make the same amount of water in reverse osmosis. Mm. Apparently. Nah. <laughs> Look at your face. That's what he's asking. Yeah. Apparently. 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 Yeah. So we only carry a limited amount of water on board a ship. Quite, yeah. you know, quite yeah. a, quite a um, sizable amount of water. Yeah. Like tanks everywhere. Two hour, maybe it was two hours, not two <clears> weeks. Anyway, go yeah, on. it's probably two Set hours. Set me right. Set me right. So now and again... You know, on deployment, hot countries, at the, you know, at the Gulf. Yeah. You know, everybody's doing fizz. Everybody's, you know, there's there's four meals a day being cooked because we're we're in that kind of defence watch state. Yeah. You know, everything's going. No, people are we're doing update maintenance, so we are running out of water. So every now and again, we will, you kind of restrict water usage. You know, toilets will get locked off. You only use salt water heads as we call ship them. Ship shower, ship shower, shift. 
Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll adopt what they call a submariner routine. Right. So the submariner routine is, is literally you go in, you're on for like 10 seconds, get yourself wet, soap up, off, soap up like that, wash, on, well, rinse it, and then that's it, to kind of reduce the water. Yeah, we, believe it or not, we used to do after yeah. that. Yeah. If we were yeah. in Bastion, the same thing. I can imagine, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that'll always come in because we have kind of depleted our waters down to a level where, you know, we're not, we'll either make our own water or we'll take on water when we do our replenishment at sea with mm. a supply ship. But normally you would take, so if we, you know, if we, if we got to that state where we are at low water levels, it'll probably take around about two days to kind of recoup, I think, our up to a, you know, a suitable level. Because sometimes, you know, we have three plants on board the ship. Sometimes one might be down through the defects. And then that kind of puts an additional strain on the, on the water making then because you can't make so much but yeah to kind of recover the ship back to a kind of a safe level normally takes about you know a day two uh, mm. probably two to three days i would say so the kind of the tonnage of water i'm not quite sure but yeah that that sounded a bit obviously depends off, on the, size yeah. of the plant maybe that's yeah. ba- maybe that two weeks is based on like one malnourished <laughs> like 10 year old boy yeah pedaling on a one pedal bike <laughs> Yeah, in Egypt at the height of summer outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's ginger. Yeah, so you can only do it an hour at a time. All oh, right. Anyway, uh, well, it takes longer than it takes a drink. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like we're screwed. We need we literally run out of water. We can't, oh, like, can't convert yeah. it quickly. Yeah, and that that thing in America, well, you can you can just imagine that because they just don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't seem to be like a joined up approach over there. It never has been with in America with anything that they do. Everything you know. They have different laws in different states that apply yeah. different, you know, it's, it's crazy We know it's like Texas isn't a state. Huh? It's a republic. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. It's and, and same as California. California's yeah. a republic as well. Is it? And then you got... Yeah, um, it's on their flag, Cali- yeah, California. And you got republic. Puerto Rico, which is part of the states, but, but not it's governed not, by the states. No. It's bizarre. It's flipping yeah. bizarre. Because that's when they had all those hurricanes. It's, Trump uh, just kind of washed yeah, his hands yeah, with them, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't pay tax on it, do yeah. they? Yeah, Trump's like, he's just a bit of an idiot, isn't he? But... I, I love and hate him. Yeah, <laughs> he's very much marmite, isn't he? He's very much marmite. <laughs> I can marmite him at the same time, though. I can hate him and love him at the same time. He's flipping classic. I, I, having said that, he, he like we a lot of people like him. Boris Johnson to him, don't they? Like the same like idiot. However, when Boris Johnson came out, when he came out the other day, what was it? The, the what was it? Was over the burka, right? Yeah, he said the over the burka, right? And he, but he came out, no one press outside, and he says, I have nothing I have nothing to say except offer you a cup of tea. tea. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> British. Brilliant. He just turns and flipped it on yeah. his head because he makes him likeable then. Yeah. It's like, how, he turns it into a, even if you hate him, turn it like into a positive thing. Yeah. You can't, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, I digress there. Chicken is another beer. What's the other beer you bought? So we, uh, we got now is uh, Double, Double Dragon. Dragon. Van Damme. Yeah, from uh, uh, Feeling Foul or Velinvol. Velinvol. One for the Turks. Feeling Foul. One for the Turks there, so. The what's the jersey what's the polo shirt so the polo shirt is uh, oh, it's Jebel Ali Dragons out in obviously Jebel Ali out in the Gulf so just r- one of the rugby teams we played against oh, a couple years ago oh, right. yeah, so do you have like ship teams yeah yeah, yeah so every, every ship will have a rugby team football team as well football team hockey netball uh, netball's popular the navy isn't it uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well if you've got girls on board yeah if you've got girlies on board they'll have a netball team normally the Normally the uh, the ship. hockey hockey will be mixed, um, but yeah yeah we always have sports teams on board the ship. It's, it's just one of those kind of 
components in it that every kind of joins the forces do you know do the sport and do the travel and that navy's big on sport isn't it big yeah on sport. yeah big on sport we kind of well as you know army navy is <laughs> we always come off second best we always oh, didn't you know no you won a lot you won this year didn't you no we didn't win i went up this year we didn't win. Oh, no, 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 it was, no it was a marines had the boys sent off to me in the first five oh, minutes did you? I didn't yeah see the fijian it was the f- first time i've been up for about 10 years yeah. i took uh took my lad up mm. i actually won the tickets off when the you know jordan wiley mm-hmm. when you were a guest he did a um like a, an auction on twitter for two tickets to the army navy match so i was kind of bidding oh i'll, I'll have a bid in that kind of you know push it up get something else nobody bid against me <laughs> so i won the two tickets i think i paid i think it was it 50 quid or 60 quid a little bit over the odds but it was for his yeah exactly. his charity his dangerous running running. dangerously have you have you met him i haven't met him no i've, I've, I've Get We've conversed on Twitter yeah. when we were sorting up the tickets. Yeah, he's good lad, mate. Good yeah. lad, real good lad. So that was my lad's kind of first kind of, you know, throws into Army Navy game. Like, So we kind of drove up in the day and he was going around and he was like, oh, is it pretty good? Can we come next year? Can we come next year? <laughs> I said, well, come in a couple of years' time. You know, we can come up on the bus and we can have, have a, a few beers. You know, <laughs> was he he's 15 now. now, yeah. So another another three years. and uh, You reckon he'll join up? Um, he's mentioned it a couple of times. Got any objections? Um, the only objection I've said to him was, don't go straight from school. Yeah. Uh, wait until you... Like, I joined at 19. Yeah. You know, go to college, get some, you know, further education, qualifications, whether it be, you know, an A-level or, you know, if he's engineering, go and do, like, you know, national diploma and then join up, you know. And I've actually said, like, if you're going to join up, join up as a wafu. So all the wafus listening, if they are, they'll probably give me ribs right now because I <laughs> call them all the names under the sun at the beginning. Yeah. Only because if he joined as a, an air engineer, it's a bit more kind of... The qualifications are a bit more transferable mm. when you leave. You know, we've you know I left with an HND transferable, but the the Wafu boys seem to kind of seem to do that a little bit all right when they come out because there's aircraft everywhere. You know, whereas and myself, I'm a, a weaponier. There's not a lot of call for weapons unless I go to other places. Mm. You know, around the world. So, you know, yeah, you know, I I would support him in whatever he does. Mm-hmm. You know, and he knows that. Um, you know, and if he chose to join the Navy, chose to join the Army Marines, or whatever, you know, I'd kind of, you know, I'd support him with it because, you know, I had a good career. I did 20, just shy of 23 years, and it's, you know, it's done me no kind of harm, and, you know, I've really enjoyed it, mm. you know, and probably if things had been a little bit different, I probably would have stayed on and, you know, and gone on till, you know, 50 or whatever, you know, boys in out 57, 58, which I find a bit crazy that it's people in the. Stability, though. Yeah. Job stability. It's like, I. I did not I did it half the time you did. Um when uh sorry my god. When um uh yeah, when I got out, I the, the when I did I went straight to the Middle East, did like CP. Yeah. Um which was sort of so transition wise, there was no transition. I went straight yeah. from I went straight from being with a bunch of soldiers to be with a bunch of ex soldiers, yeah, you know what I mean? That's why I'm no. Yeah, and then the pro- the project I went on to it was it was like 140, 120, 140 people, and at least half of them are power edge, and half of them I knew. It was like yeah. a, just a reunion. I said, Jesus, I couldn't believe it, you know, and um, which was good. But then as time went on, uh, and and that's particularly um, volatile, a particularly volatile uh, environment. In t- not just you know, in terms of job security, it's yeah. fucking ruthless. Like, oh God, it's horrendous. But you know, lose a contract, win a contract. You always sort of always in the back of your mind to get a job, which is fine. It's the way it was. Yeah. Because everyone else is cracking on with it, and you, you know, you muck trees, and you don't really, really, really realise it. And just chopping and changing sort of becomes the norm when you, because mm. your contract is in, because turn its head, because the way you get treated out there, and the companies get treated and they treat each other. And then when I came back to the UK, um, 
I was lucky to land um, a very very good senior role um, with um, with quite a, a large a relatively large company and it got the point where they they started having redundancies about a year later I thought you know I'd been told you are sorted on the job rollers in I thought no one gets rid of this guy not me but never this you don't been you don't make this position redundant because it means you're not replacing it you can't get rid of the health and safety officer right yeah and they had issues and health and safety issues in the past and you don't get rid of this no you're fine and then I got me redundant out of the blue couldn't believe it I was like and that was when it hit me down I thought that's the first that's the only thing I missed you know I didn't miss my mates when I got out because I was still living in Colchester where I was based and I still saw a lot of guys as active and keeping in touch with them and all I said what I missed was ah job security safety net you do not you like I don't know like in the navy in the army it is nigh on impossible to get kicked out as in you don't get listen if you are the worst person at your job right you could be a flipping well you could be an artificer yeah. right and be the worst artificer in the world you can't fix shit you're not getting kicked out yeah. you know it's not, they, they'll you shift you, 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 no you wouldn't get put into the job you just get shit jobs you know um the only way you get kicked out really is if you fill someone in in front of the CO, or you you know you get caught doing drugs. Yeah, you know aside from those two things, which are yeah, again the, you you can get round all those. You know mm. if you flipping if you if you know a lot of people take drugs in the military and yeah. they get away with it because they know how to get away with it. You know, yeah. it's the same with people filling people in, just mm. do it on a slide. <laughs> They're lucky not to get caught. You know. Yeah. Um, but apart from those things, you can't get kicked out. So job security there, you are there for life. Yeah. You know, it's like um, I know people who are absolutely useless we're useless from day one yeah. they are still there going out and do you know what power to them yeah. brilliant they'll be there for 20, 23, 24 years they may get out of some really low rank but yeah. they're going out they've had job security for 23, 24 years yeah. they've got a flipping pension, pension yeah. yeah and like you were saying there you could have stayed on for another nine years to 50 when you were saying that you could get out and do as the uh, you could get career. out now and, and, and start a second career I was thinking <coughs> that's one the other one is you could no, I'm not, you know, I'm trying to make it regret. I'm just like another way of looking at it is you could go all the way to 50, maybe push another couple of years and finish the mm. only career you have, live with your pension, get a part-time job. You know, yeah. it's too, it depends what you want and what you as a person want. Yeah. Um, and I think it depends on the situation at the time as well. Uh, when you've got, when you've got that, the option. Especially to, the moving about and you've got family and you've yeah. got a, you know, you're 15-year-old and that. I mean, yeah. especially that age, man, they, I mean, it must be, I am got got daughters and they yeah. are, they're amazing. Yeah. And my eldest, now she's 13, and um, and as they, I love them when they, you know, I've loved them when they're younger. But as they get older and they're more like normal people, you can chat to. Yeah, as they have to, yeah. a conversation, they become more intelligent, more experienced. Yeah. It's just because they're more joyful, even yeah. more joyful. The, my my one of my fondest memories of my eldest so far is um, the minute I realised she developed a sense of humour. It was about four years ago, four <laughs> or five years ago. She was maybe eight or nine years old. Well, it was before that. No, she was yeah. six or seven. And I said something in the kitchen, we chatting, and I said, to, you know, like a daddy thing. Oh, yeah, daddy will be able to do this. And, you know, just like, tongue in cheek, yeah, daddy can do anything, blah, blah, blah. And she said something about, like, yeah, of course you can, daddy. But the, the way she said it, yeah, it was a talk. she said it a million times before, the way she, which is a complete sarcasm. Yeah. And five seconds later, the penny dropped. I said, you, you taking the mickey out of daddy, Ellie Mae? <laughs> and she, she just looked at me all the time. And I started roaring yeah. with laughter because like, she's developed humour. Yeah. Brilliant, you know. It's, it's, uh, uh. I, I just. Yeah, you know, like you're saying, yeah. those choices, what's going on in life, especially with the military getting posted here and there, just yeah. you need to stop at some point. Some people get lucky and get decent postings yeah, here and there. Yeah. And, you know. and it's kind of, no- I've noticed it quite a bit now with my son because, like, so I left, what, last year? So he was just coming up to 14. And, you know, I've always been away 
from when mm. from he was a baby. Like when you know, we, me and his mum were together for about three years. Uh, we split up, and so he's always known I've always been away, and it's always that turnover. So that was you know one of the reasons why I wanted to, to kind of come out, and you know it was like, do I stay or do I leave to get another career, you know, and have that because he was at those kind of teenage years. You know, I wanted to kind of have that quality of of life further, you know, push it a bit more and have more time with him. And since I've come out, I've noticed he has kind of stabilised a little bit. You know, he's kind of, he's not so kind of um, disruptive as, you know, because he knows I'm around. Mm. So he sees me every weekend, you know, I'm always coming back. You know, I work away in Bristol Monday to Friday. So, you know, still like being in the mob, but, you know, he sees me coming home. We have time together. You know, we got the house together back up in South Wales. So he's it's kind of stabilised him a little bit, you know, and that kind of humour thing, you know, he's, he's quick-witted. He's like he's, he's a redhead as well, so he's very. He can be fiery, but he, his his wit is so quick. Like, and he can catch me out sometimes. Like when we was camping the other week, he kind of we chatting away there, and he like he's, and he, he obviously knows I was naming. He's like, "All right, chief, don't worry about that. We'll sort that out uh, tomorrow morning." And I was like, <laughs> looking at him, going, "What do you mean, chief?" He went, "Oh, sorry, should I call you Taff?" <laughs> you know, you like that. He just catches you and like stuns you and like that. Yeah, come on, Matt. Let's go. And, let's go and do this. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it worse, isn't it? Because it's hard. You can't be quick back. Cause you think no. it's a little get. He's got me. He's got me. <laughs> yeah. Where did, Where did you go camping? I went up to the Windermere, up the lakes. Oh, you said that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I went up there sorry, for the week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a nice kind of week up there. Pitched the tent, and we just kind of did like mountain biking. Took yeah. him in the up on Coniston Lake. We did a bit of open boat in. Oh yeah. Um, when you know, just did, just like a, a nice kind of chilled out week, but couple of little activities thrown in now and again so you like uh being navy then you so you, you got the sailing wise civvy sailing are you like a confident get out there get the sail up i was thinking of a name for sailing spinnaker spinnaker get a spinnaker up get the i'm gonna say other then the rudder <laughs> no the other get the other get the other going. you boys doing crying that is you don't play with it yet does it oh yeah yeah, no, they, no, I'm no. I'm not a sailor at all. I if it's got an engine, I'm happy. I can just power along. But no, we just did the old uh, Canadian canoes. Open oh, I love those. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, talking about the girls yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you know, one of the jobs I did in the RN was you know I was a uh, three years up in the Brecon Beacons doing um, outdoor leadership hmm. as a part of the leadership academy. So I spent three years up there, got all my AT quals. So you know, I always had an I like for AT from you know from school age you know we go away for week you know weekend holiday with the school or weekend kind of camping do give and around all that kind of stuff mm. so that's where it's kind of carried on when I joined the mob AT's like one of the big drivers isn't it get loads of people in AT I say I did that three years up in Brecon revenge training yeah yeah did three years up in Brecon and you know I always try to <clears throat> get him involved in some form of a outdoor event you know and he kind of you know he, he's done it with school himself so when we do go away it's not like you know oh, Dan's just going to thrash me here or he's going to make me do this he's, he wants to do it and uh, you know it's it's quite good then when he you know he gets involved in stuff not a big fan of mountain biking but um, <laughs> you play rugby? Um, no he's, he's he's quite tall he's like he's pushing six foot now so he's way taller than me got the height from his mum obviously uh, but he's uh, basketball kind of and football but he, he oh, likes, right. likes his basketball he goes to uh, he's in Brintig Denbridge End so it's quite a good sports school you know, school with Gavin Ensign and uh, Rob Howley, all them boys are there. Mm-hmm. So it's got a good school they promote. Oh, they went there? They went there, yeah. yeah. They went to that school. So when you go into a school, all these, like, Welsh caps and awesome. all the Lions and stuff like that. So the boys at that school got a lot of things to look up to. And they're yeah, quite a good rugby team. He did play a little bit and then kind of drifted more into kind of football and um, basketball and 
now he's gone back to rugby this season when he goes back to school. Huh. So he's back by choice. By choice, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's good. kind of picked it back up and he's playing now for Bridgen, yeah, Bridgen Athletic, I think it is. He's oh, on, yeah. on, a, on a weekend now, so he's starting that this season. So you know, multi sports. Second row. Um, yeah, second row, possibly number eight. Probably now looking at him, he's a, he's a big lad, oh, six yeah. foot. He's a bit slight, so they probably shove him in second row. But I imagine you know, as he develops through his teens, mm. now he'll kind of. Kind of thicken up a little bit. Mm. You, know, he, he, you know, he goes to gym. He tries to say he does this, he does that. Like, yeah, whatever. He's not lifting that. Much, <laughs> not, he's not lifting that much kind of weight. Oh, I can, I can like press two hundred kilos. That I went. No, you can't. <laughs> Your legs are like sticks. Come on, stop lying. <laughs> but no, no. He's, uh, you know, he's into sport, which you know. As any as any parent, you, know, you want your kids to be fit and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm more than happy for him to just like do whatever sport he sees he likes and, and crack on with it. Like, mm. you got out last year. Yeah, got out last April. Yeah. How did you get involved with Care for Combat then? Care after combat. Care for combat. Care after combat. Care sorry. after combat. So, so last year I'd left, um, and then I kind of last year I kind of taken up cycling because I'd finished rugby, road road biking, road biking. Yeah. So you know I'd done like um, the ride London, um, the Prudential ride London, the hundred mile kind of cycle round London and the Surrey okay. Hills. So I did that in 2015. Did a couple of other charity rides and. You know, it's, it's quite good. It's quite enjoyable to go out and cycle. So when I got to my job in Bristol, um, I seen on Twitter actually it came up. You know, pickle ride. And I was like, oh, pickle ride. What's that? I'll have a little look. And it was it was all for care after combat. And it was uh, a lad called Gav Tuak, uh, who was a chief in the navy. Um, and he kind of put a thing out looking for serving personnel, veterans. You know, whether you just left or you really left twenty years ago or anybody really, armed forces across all all three if you want to get involved in a, a pickle ride which is um a 300 mile cycle ride from falmouth to mm-hmm. london based along uh the route that um so it was pickle bit of history now it was pickle was the the schooner that kind of transported back the message of nelson's death but also the the the, the message of the victory sorry yeah the victory at trafalgar oh. so so that got into falmouth What's a schooner? What, what's a schooner? It's like a, uh, it's like a ship, uh, a boat, a ship sailing a man of war type thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was meant to go all the way to London. Hit bad weather in the southwest. Pulls into Falmouth, and this lieutenant then Richard Lapetier, who was one of the officers on board, he was jobbed off to get himself to London at best speed and pass the message. So the the route that we followed was the route that he did over some like thirty six hours by about twenty one different horses and oh. stuff like that. So we followed the route was to go from Falmouth to London. And then to kind of raise money for Care After Combat, the charity that um, assists. Yeah. That, well, it's Jim Davison's charity, Jim Davison and Simon Weston. They set it up? Yeah, so they, oh, so they, so they, okay. they were the founders of the, of the charity. Yeah. Uh, Gav got involved a couple of years ago with um, Care After Combat on HMS Sutherland. They did a, a, a cycle ride from Plymouth to Sutherland in Scotland mm-hmm. and back, like a relay. I think mm-hmm. it was 12 of them. So... From that, his CEO kind of asked him, you know, do you want to get involved again? So he, Gav came up with this pickle ride idea. Um, so, you know, he put it out and it, it gathered quite a bit of pace with 24 riders altogether. That's the first time a pickle ride had been done? Well, the the the, the Trafalgar route is done every year as a, as a, as a like a... A ride. A, a ride, but it's, yeah. it's a speed speed ride, really. Right. People do it in less than 24 hours. You know, these nutters that can cycle yeah. all day long but we you know we were doing it as a group over three days uh so yeah so kind of got involved in that to kind of pick up just another little bit of a, a challenge but also kind of it's that 
going back to the boys that you know kind of you know it was veterans and it was kind of boys that i knew so it was kind of getting involved in in something again with that kind of ethos you know the military ethos and the boys together so we kind of got involved in that and um that run in may this year um i did the first day unfortunately i come off with an injury on the on the first day uh cornwall hills man <laughs> it's just ridiculous <laughs> i'm like eight thousand feet of climbing on that first day oh my god i just kind of wrote my back off really but you know that we the group, you know, where they kind of did it, it was kind of three tough days. The weather was against us on the first day, a lot of rain, a lot of wind. Um, second day was kind of along uh, the south coast, kind of from, yeah, so Exeter, we stopped the first night. Exeter through to Salisbury, stayed up in um, one of the camps up there. A lot of hills again, second day, and then the, the Sunday then was a short ride into London, kind of 80 miles in the last day. 18? 80. 80. Eight, yeah, 8 zero, yeah. Yeah, but you know the lads, the lads cracked on. You know they, you know, it was a, a, an awesome effort by the boys who who kind of did it. And, you know, and they raised quite a bit of money as well for the for the charity. You know, thirty odd thousand pounds was raised so for that one ride. For that one ride, yeah, Flipping based it. over. You know, that was kind of raised over <clears throat> six months or so. Yeah, but still, that's a yeah. hell of a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's good money. You know, because care after combat is, it's not publicly funded. It's not funded by government. It's all relying on donations. I, what what's so where do they put it to how do they who how and who do they put it to so the, the care of the combat or the, or the, the support so the premises behind the care of the combat remember rightly is kind of any veterans who unfortunately find themselves at the realms of the ministry of justice in prison um for whatever offense you know they kind of the charity will kind of um they get told obviously through various kind of uh, streams of what what veterans are in what prisons and what the charity does, I believe, is they kind of they'll go to these prisons. They'll kind of touch base with the guy that's in prison, you know, whether it's kind of army, navy, or whatever, yeah. and they'll kind of um, discuss with them um, what they want to do when they get out. It's like a resettlement program. Yeah, I am listening. Yeah, sorry, for the, yeah, sorry. It's like a resettlement program for the for the guys who are in prison. Um, they'll kind of assist them with kind of you know if they can get any kind of training courses they can do in prison, and it's all kind of running up. I think it's six months prior to release. And they get assigned a mentor, which is normally a veteran, a volunteer, that kind of, you know, will be, you know, they'll go to the prison with the charity and chat to the guy. And it's just more, it's that kind of brother network, you know, kind of that family network of, of, of ex-forces personnel, you know, and it's, they kind of, they'll speak to them, they'll kind of help them, maybe look for some kind of accommodation when they when they leave the prison, try and set them up with some part-time work. Just, just to give them that little stepping stone start when they come out of prison, so they don't fall back into what got them in prison in the first place. So it's you know it's it's all kind of funded by donations by you know the public charity events like you know the pickle ride. There's a couple of there's um there's one running in September over the kind of the Pyrenees I think, following uh, an, a World War kind of mm. two route. Um, you know, and then and it's all small events everywhere. Everybody's kind of raising money. You know, we went. Jim Davison raised, um, so we, we held a summer ball, or they held a summer ball at the Grosner Hotel back in July, where the pickle riders, we got invited along, because obviously the, you know, they raised quite a bit of a profile for the um, for the charity. And and this was at the Grosner Hotel, you know, as you know, Grosner, nice big hotel, big posh. Uh, I'm not sure how many people there, it was in the region, about 300 people, you know, raised an immense amount of money. I think it was £150,000 in that night. All from kind of 
charity auctions. auctions. And it was all, mm-hmm. you know, everything was there. It was like, I think they uh, auctioned off Rick Parfitt's guitar. <laughs> there was kind of signed kind of um, military prints, books, um, kind of, um, you know, Big Phil Campion. He's always all over time. Yeah. yeah, he's doing a, a boxing match. He raffled off four tickets for that. You know, so there's kind of, it was all kind of centred around the military. But, you know, it raised... Uh, you know, I think it was in excess of 150,000 just that one night mm. and that's just one event that is in and then all that money then goes to charity and that's kind of you know I don't know the exact runnings of the charity but yeah you know they kind of help out with you know the people in the prison mm. yeah quite a good charity you know yeah, I've, I've got involved with it done that and you know I know you've got Gav coming on in a couple of weeks mm. so we kind of you know he's he's got a couple of events kind of in his head that we kind of kind of run next year the pickle rides running next year yeah and that's been confirmed um following the same kind of route be a, a little bit of a different format but we i think gav's going to open it up to kind of a bit of a wider audience or mm. you know possibly get some hand cyclists in um you know incumbent cyclists or yeah. you know the, again x-forces personnel mm. to get them involved you know just to open it up because this year was a kind of it started off small and it kind of grew quite bigly big yeah quickly sorry into 25 riders mm-hmm. um so we were set off in kind of three groups then but yeah so like the, you know it's a it's a good little event to get involved mm. in so it's a, it's a good charity yeah funny enough with four three four days ago not longer than that last week it was there's a guy I, I found out about <coughs> i was in training with him and it was his last last year or the year before no, but two years ago i understood i i thought he tra- i thought he transferred from the army to the RAF, the mm. PTI, and but then I heard that um, he'd not, he'd, he'd got out, and he got sent down, oh. got sent down for a, a long, a long time, yeah, um, long time, and the <coughs> the crimes were not good, like no, I can't not mind. good at all, mate. Um, but I, you know, <coughs> he was always wrapped quite tight. He was in, um, he was quite young as well. He was, but it's a, when I've read about it. Someone else put sent the article to me. There's an article. There's a fucking there's a fucking front page article. But mm. Jesus Christ, can't believe it. But he's he's he got sent down, and I mean, I because I didn't know about it, and I imagine half of the fucking half of three power don't know, yeah. or the majority of three power who know knew him didn't don't know about it. So, but I I, I wouldn't mind trying to uh, get get all of him trying to get in touch. I I, I went on I trying to get in touch and just go look. <laughs> I don't know the reasons behind what he, what he did. You yeah, know? But it's like to to do that. The, so, not the olive branch, but look, there's mm. life's a shit there. You mm. know, you don't say no bad. You serve your time for it, but yeah, there's yeah, all is not lost, kind of thing. You got yeah. people who knew you and and respected you and were mates for you, and just just say why why I feel obligated to do it. You yeah. never know. You just don't know why or what or what was going on or whatever. You know. Um, hey, you could do, you could turn out to be a raging fucking psychopath, and I just like yeah. oh, let's go by. <laughs> but I, I went online to try and find out, um, like a prisoner search thing, kind of run up. Yeah, I know his name, but I need, yeah. you know, I need his date of birth and all sorts. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know his family are, and if I th- and you can't find it online. It's like, would I? Re- would I'm just trying to work out how I could how I could get hold of him? Mm. Might be the car actually. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those, but no. I mean, but he's the kind of person. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, no, there's, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's been some success stories from it as well. So, you know, you know, if you just look them on Twitter, you know, they're, they're always at, there's a there's a team in Wales, there's a team in Fareham, I believe, there's a team in Wrexham. So Wrexham and South Wales, Fareham, and I think there's possibly another one 
somewhere else. I can't remember the name, but but yet you know they they are trying to branch out. They're always asking for kind of for mentors to kind of and you know to kind of it's not they're just going to pick you up, take you in. They actually there is actual uh, a course that they put you through. Oh. Yeah, I was chatting to a couple of the boys from the Welsh side at that ball, so yeah. you know I've made contact with them and maybe it's something you know, I can kind of get involved with and you know kind of assist and you know become a mentor. So you know it's you know it's a good charity. You know the heart of the right place is just you know it's funded at the end of the day. Mm. You know it's like like all military charities. You know there's four thousand different military charities out there. You know of all different kind of uh, reasons behind they do stuff. You know and you know. It, <laughs> You've only got to you've only got to look online, and you can see so many different kind of things, you know. But yeah. you know, as we know, Jim Davison, he's, you know, he's always done stuff for the forces. You know, Simon Weston was one of the founders with him as well. You know, so you know, you know, it's a, it's a genuine. Yeah, I didn't realise they'd founded it. I thought they were just yeah. ambassadors for it. But I met Jim out in the Falklands in 2002. Yeah, he came out to do. He was out there doing um, what do you call those shows where they or CSE? He's kind of, yeah, I think he was doing a CSE show for us. Um, which is like for people listening who don't know it's like an entertainment show yeah. just morale for the troops I think he was doing or documentary anyway he's out there doing something I mean you're part of the filming oh no it wasn't it was about yeah he was doing talk about the Falklands or whatever yeah because it was the 20th anniversary Um, he's a good guy yeah I'd have to speak to him yeah I'd love to speak to Simon yeah, yeah. I, bet, I think it's been, been plagued over the oh. years of media and all the rest I of it I can imagine yeah I would like to think this is slightly different you know yeah Um. Very interesting. I did not realise. That's, yeah. that's good. Have you met them both? I met you. I worked with at that weekend. I was in in the truck with Jim quite a bit, like, and his, oh, his yeah. the manager. Yeah, yeah. I met Jim. Yeah, you know, is when he's away from all that kind of stuff, he's just like, you know, it's not my guy. You know, yeah. he, he always now and again he'll jump into his little kind of his little stand up routine when he's with the boys and he's having a crack in the morning. Like, you know, he's <laughs> some of the things he comes up with. Like when he's kind of you know, he went he, when we stayed at Salisbury. I think he went and got like. 25 mcdonald's at like five in the morning on his way up to us you know and he oh. just walks up and like, oh, i've got breakfast you know, he, you know where does his love of the military come from then i love the support you know support for it. um i'm not quite sure you know i've listened to him over for years and he listened to all his stuff and i'm i'm, I'm to be honest i don't know why he's got such an affiliation it'll for, be on the in- it'll be on an interview yeah. somewhere i have to find that one yeah it'll be on there somewhere. you know he's, he's always done it you know um, all the way through the kind of the nineties, you know, he was out in Kosovo, he's done the Gulf, done the Falcons with you, you know, he's yeah. always kind of done things for the, you know, for the troops. So you mm. know, there's he's always that kind of support there. You know, he's nice. got a lot of, you no, know, a lot of friends. You know, Chuckle brother dialed this this recently, didn't he? Mm. He's, he's, he's his nephew is in three parts. I heard you say that on one of the cast <laughs> uh, podcasts <laughs> yeah. the other week. Yeah, never, yeah, before, and then he fucking died. <laughs> I think it was that. Oh one. yeah, it was. It was the week. Yeah, yeah, it might have been the week before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not my fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah who else yeah, I tell you another big um, big um, proponent for the military big support of the military is um, but quietly with it I think is uh, the pub landlord Al Murray oh, Al Murray yeah yeah. we I went out to oh, Arnhem or Normandy for the 75th or 70th I can't remember which anniversary it was and we, we jumped in and we we did a couple of the old prayers and church services and that. And he was there. He was about, yeah. <laughs> he was about 10, 10 feet in front. You could see him. And someone said, no, I'm not there. Yeah. Hey, he comes here every year. How yeah. would you ever see him? Yeah. He's done a couple of history shows as well, hasn't he? Oh, has he? Talking about, I think, I don't know whether he had a relative in that kind of, you know, that era or what, but I've seen a couple of things with him. He's he's very much a, you know, a staunch supporter. Oh, he's 
pro-British anyway, isn't he? Yeah, you know, yeah, his, yeah, his pub yeah. landlord. But yeah, yeah, he's always kind of uh, pro-military as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, um, yeah, Gav's coming on. So, who? Uh, how big is your, how big is Care After Combat organization? I support as well, as in not staffing, but people like yourself fundraising. Is it a, is it big? There's a lot of people um, helping helping. I out? wouldn't I wouldn't say it's really big. You know, like the 25 lads that did that pickle ride. You know, we're all still kind of in contact with each other because we're all talking about next year's pickle ride. The vast majority of the boys have said, "Yep, yeah, we're up for that again." Even though you know some of the hills put them through some some pain barriers, you know, and no, but it, I mean like the management organisation side of things. The management organisation, I think, well, it's Jim. Um, I'm just thinking now. He takes an active role in that, then, does he? Oh yeah, yeah, he's very, oh, much, really? yeah, he's very much active in it. Yeah, yeah, it's him, and there's um, ah, Stephen maybe. Anderson, who's because um, I would just assume he's a celebrity. Yeah, oh, I right. think. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll put my name on that. Yeah, and I'll I'll help out you where I can, but my no. schedule's so fucking busy, I can't get involved with management. No, it's very, it's very much his ah. bag. Like, no, he's he's doing a show up in London at uh, I think it's the Apollo or something. He's doing a show in in December. Yeah, tenth of December. He's doing a show, and it's kind of uh, who's on it? Bobby Davro, Bobby Davro, Jim Jim Davison, and his two other kind of old school com- comedians, yeah. and it and that's all for Care After Combat. Oh, really? Doing a show, yeah, tenth of December. You know, and he's he's doing that. He does the we did that big summer ball up in the Grovesner. Mm-hmm. There's other summer balls getting, or su- summer and spring balls next year. I think one's at the Celtic Manor, yeah, back and that's in May. And then there's one up in Wrexham. Then in kind of January, he must have a fa- he must have family or a friend or something who's yeah must be you know. Yeah, he's, yeah. You know, he's always kind of supported the troops. You can look at the videos like he back then, you know, kind of early eighties, mid eighties. You know, he's always doing stuff like that. But as the, the actual number of the the people in the background, I, you know, I know it's Jim. I know Steve Anderson, who's a commander, Royal Navy, mm-hmm. who was the CEO of HMS Sutherland, who got who did the the up and down from Plymouth to Sutherland. Um, what do you call it? The, they did a cycle ride, HMS Sutherland, the oh. ship, and that's where Gav got involved. Right. With with Steve Anderson, the commander, and so he's I think Steve is now the chairman of the of the charity, very much an active member. You know, raises a lot of money for the charity. He was one of the cyclists as well, like you know. So, you know, he's he's a commander, but he's he's a good laugh, he's a good bloke, and yeah. So and he's kind of pulled Gav along. Gav's now an ambassador for mm-hmm. Care After Combat on the back the back of this pickle ride mm-hmm. uh, that got announced at the um, at the summer ball. So yeah, cool. yeah. So you know, Gav's very much you know it's. You know, that's his little little bag. You know, yeah. he, he, you know, he gets involved in it. I think he's even got the the care after combat tattoo, <laughs> tattooed on his arm. He just he just done like a, a big uh, a poppy kind of thing. You'll see it when he comes on. It's yeah. a cracking tattoo. You know, the old the Tommy standing there with the gun. Oh yeah, he just had that. That's up in uh, Sunderland, isn't it? Yeah, he had, he had a cover up of a tattoo and he had that done. And then at the same time, then he had the care after combat kind of. Oh no, uh, the one up there is um, sitting over the. Sitting on a bench with a gun, isn't it? The First World War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's because I think he had a relative in the second one. I think his grandfather, I think, or a great grandfather, something like that. Mm. He's got his the the family members kind of service number tattooed mm. and everything. So he's you know he's very much kind of you know pro all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a good bloke. Yeah, and I say I only met him well nine months ago now. You know, come quite close mates with him. He's, you know, we we work in the same place, so we kind of. Get involved and we you know bouncing ideas off each other and he's he's got a few good ideas for events next year. I think Jim's got one excuse me, it's um it's a to replicate the tab or yomp, depends on what you are. Yeah, from uh Falklands over the over the 
I think it's, it's like about a 54 mile oh it's um, Lambeth Walk it's um, uh, yeah, San Carlos the Goose Green yes that's the one yeah possibly but over Dartmoor so he's that's coming out oh right because I did I did that race oh, I right, did yeah. it in the Falklands oh, right, yeah. I won it did you <laughs> yeah. I was it 54 miles no I I'm talking f- rubbish I think that's the figure I've got I'm talking out. rubbish it was, 20, it was 26 it was 26 I, I, it was San Carlos the Goose Green was 26 miles yeah. I did that and won that yeah 20, no, 23 miles, 24. Yeah, I think that, it's, yeah. it's over a, a Saturday, Sunday. It's around Oakhampton. Yeah, it's like kind the, of two loops. The 50 yard was the Stanley, wasn't it? Yeah, possibly. It, yeah. Was, uh, it was. It was. Oh, God. It's like the one where the Marines beat the Power players. Edge are, are <laughs> kicking me, like <laughs> cursing me now. It was. Oh, shit. It was three power, it was three power at the Stanley. I think it yeah. was 50 mile over. Three power at the Stanley from. San Carlos I can't remember I'm going to brain fart <laughs> you got to start wrapping this up mm. um, any th- anything anyone you want to mention anything you want, anything you want how do people get old how do people follow Care After Combat or get older them or whatever? so Care After Combat are on Twitter um, it's Care After Combat HQ yeah uh, that's the obviously the HQ there's yeah. Care After Combat Wrexham Care After Combat Wales if you just type in Care After, Care Combat, after Combat it'll Combat. come up with it um, and then there's the You're on Instagram I uh, don't think it's on Instagram, okay. no. Possibly next year with the amount of events that are running, yeah. potentially. I think that needs like a social media person to kind of to run it. So I think, because Gav does the Care After Combat Ambassador Twitter page, which is now kind of evolved into um, uh, They Dare We Care. Oh, sorry. So look, yeah. Yeah, They Dare We Care. Yeah, I see that. It's yeah, that yeah. kind of the, yeah. it's the boys who did the pickle riding and that's going to, that's going to be like the, the focus for the events that, a slot do yeah. still all part of Care After Combat everything goes to Care After Combat but it's kind of something that Gav's kind of with permission of the charity kind of streamlined it just to kind of funnel the fundraising that we do yeah. into into one area mm-hmm. uh, yeah Care After Combat on Twitter um, not sure if they're on Facebook because I'm not a Facebook man and just kind of Twitter but yeah so yeah you know just look us up or look them up and kind of you know kind of support the charity you know it's not a subject that everybody likes, you know, somebody's who's in prison, you know, a lot of people are of the ilk that maybe they don't deserve the support, but ultimately these guys served, mm-hmm. they fall into prison for whatever reason, you know, some minor offences, you know. Uh, and they there's support there for all sorts of prisoners. Exactly, yeah. Not just military, yeah. so it's just, no, you know, it's, it's one of those. If, yeah. Um, why not? Yeah, exactly. Why you not? Because if they're the kind of people that don't fucking want it and are morons and yeah. and, and and truly evil, should we say, then they ain't going to get it, are they? Yeah, really? and, yeah, they yeah. Are, and, and yeah, and they're the ones you know and, that are not looked at. You know, the the, the you know the, the yeah. top end kind of offences. Yeah, yeah. It's more the guys who kind of you know fall under whatever reason, whether you know they end up in prison through drugs, mm-hmm. you know, and some of them do it through a matter of course of, of surviving for their family. They end up you know committing offences. Yeah. To try and keep a, a house over the, you know, roof over the family's heads. But yeah, care after combat, lock them up, you know, get involved with them and kind of support us. There'll always be stuff coming out probably in the next three or four weeks of events that Gav's got in mind and stuff that Jim's got in mind for next year. He's uh, his mind works under miles an hour, Jim, and he's always got he's always got things in his head that he wants to get out and get, do it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. but he kind of uses Gav as his kind of funnel now yeah, to push yeah. stuff out. But yeah, it's a, it's a good chart to get involved with. Sounds it, mate. Sounds yeah. superb. Thank you for coming on and talking about it nice. and enlightening about the Navy as well. <laughs> I am enlightened. First, first member of the Royal Navy on the show. Yeah, thank you very well, much. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. No, we've had boot necks on, but they will deny their parts of the Royal, their part of the Royal Navy. So yeah, you are. Will. Yeah, bonafide yeah. Royal Navy. Cheers, mate. Like, thanks, buddy. Appreciate. Thanks very much. Cheers.
all done thank you for listening today um i enjoyed the show i learned a lot about the navy yes i did in fact i learned everything about the navy i didn't know anything before i know you did too if you are not former royal navy if you are then um, i hope you learned a little bit of simon piles and his career and what he's doing with care after combat so go online look at care after combat um give him a like give him a share but also the sponsors sponsoring the show today were of course as mentioned at the start Antwerp outdoor a-n-t-u-r outdoor.com find them online on the website check the videos out pretty cool and all the social media Antwerp outdoor thank you very much simon piles thank you very much until the next time out